0: sometimes unconventional but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata.
1: And good evening, everybody. Welcome to Spooky Sundays, all the para stalkers, para lurkers, and our grand poo bars. Thank you for joining us this evening. I am Anne Rekovich, and I'm joined by Renata Danielle. Over Hello, there.
0: everyone. And did you like our new introductory music? Oh, our intro music wasn't it good?
1: They've been spending some money on us. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, about they. <laughs> <laughs> that bloody time. Deserved, too. deserved money spent. Oh, I mean, I, I actually liked the old one that we had, but that was a little bit of a shock when I heard that start off. I went, hang on, that's not. <laughs> Where's it gone? Anyway, we are back and we have been all spiffied up because we've now got a podcast. Yes. Well it's the second podcast, but yes. Spooky Sundays has now officially become a podcast. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes and all those places that you like, alongside our true hauntings one.
0: Yes. So, so Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't complain that you're not getting enough of us now, because you can listen to your heart's content. And if you have listened to some episodes or even one episode, uh, send us a message. Uh, let us know on zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six. That would be awesome. Uh, send a message in. Let us know how many of the episodes you have listened to, uh, and it just means that um, oh well, I've gone back to listen to them. And I'm still I had laughing. Had time. I'm still laughing,
1: so I forgot all about Russian Jesus. The the Serbian Jesus. Yeah. I just finished that episode. Oh, okay. Um Yeah, so Renata and I have been very busy in our own little home studio recording our freckles off, haven't we? Oh yes. Because Gosh. four weeks tonight we will be at Sydney Airport. In the motel room, ready to cross to the other side of the world the following morning to start our London trip. And we have great news in that our T-shirt design is done. We've got it back from Fiverr and our, uh, what was it called again? <laughs> the Sacred Bush? Sa- sacred Bushes and Holy Holes of no, Ireland. No, Sacred Bush and Holy Hole. Not There's no S's on the end. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, with There's we, more than one. I well, know. But we did have a slight issue with the fact that when they first sent it back to us, it said, scared holes. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. Oh, oh So they've taken Sky's uh, concept drawing that she sent us. Thank you very much, Skye. And um, they have created... Um, oh, it's fabulous. It's
0: outstanding. They've added a <laughs> few bits and pieces. <laughs> you will all want to have one, that's yep. for sure.
1: Yep, so uh, we might reveal that when shall we reveal that because we've got to get it up online we've got to get our helpful friend um, to get all this stuff up online for us and um, we should have the t-shirts a, arriving tomorrow yeah, well, we two. don't have a week or two okay, okay soon. But, soon yeah we'll, we will reveal the, d- the t-shirt design next week then you're only going to have a week to order it and it's a limited print that's it once it's done it's done it's gone right <gasps> okay. And then enough. I think, Brunetti, you've also made some other T-shirts as well. Yes. We've got surprises they, coming everywhere. They will be revealed shortly. Okay. All right. Mm. Get on with your story.
0: Okay. I have a story and uh, I posted up a, um, a poll. P-A-L-L, for everyone to get into on uh, Newcastle Live Radio. And I asked the question, would you buy a house that had a cemetery in the backyard? And we had just over 30 people reply. Thank you very much for the 30 people that took time out of their busy days to reply. And we had 28 people say yes, three people say no, and three people say hell no. And you didn't have a hell yeah, because I would have been on the hell yeah. No, 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 we didn't. So here we go with this story. You may be buying more here than you originally thought. Some buyers might expect maybe a human spirit to be wandering around their property and land if they buy a historic chapel or church. But how many would you expect uh a, how many of you would expect a potential ghost to be a dog? Oh I'd take a puppy dog. Mm, so according to local folklore, this dilapidated 17th century chapel and you'll you'd see a picture of it you'll see a picture of it on uh, Newcastle live radio uh, community page a couple of um, posts back. I posted this actually on Thursday. Oh, Gee, some people are organised. And uh, in so this is in a place called Cumbrian. I had to look up how to pronounce it. I think it's in Wales. Uh, and it's going up to auction and it is said to be haunted by a bloodthirsty black hound. No Scooby snack rewards for this naughty dog that, legend says, has been scaring people for centuries. According to legend, the former chapel and adjacent fully occupied graveyard is haunted by the Black Hound of the Underworld. Ooh, isn't that Cerberus, Which haunts the souls of men. According to local folklore, a former minister of the chapel, once surrounded by scrubby woodland and fields, That's the chapel, not the former minister. (laughs) (laughs) Great name. Late late, uh, one night heard the blood-curdling baying of a hound. It was not long after that the man of the cloth was said to have witnessed what he described as a great black hound following his trail. The minister, realising that he was on the menu, struck the hound between the eyes with his Bible. Oh, that's a bit wicked. No. Poor puppy. Oh, no. I'd bite him. The mythical creature is said to have burst into flames and disappeared, leaving the minister's soul intact, but his beard singed. Oh, f- I think he's gone. He's gone into the um, the church wine, the <laughs> sacramental a, wine. One, one swig too many. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so, communing with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if the stories across the world are to be believed, this Welsh minister who had a lucky escape from the beast that stalked him is not the only person to have. Had a ghostly hound encounter. A spooky menacing blackhound is seen across many countries as being a predictor of doom or linked to tormented souls forced to conduct wild hunts or a demon or even the devil himself in disguise. God, that devil's just, he's so
1: busy. He kind of no, gets around.
0: Yeah. But according to blog The Serpent's Pen by David Castleton, the black dog isn't necessarily a bad omen or a ghostly evil manifestation. Some dog sightings are a church grim, which protects Ooh, the churchyard yes. from all who would desecrate it, including vandals, witches, th- warlocks, thieves, and even the devil. Now, look, you're just going too far. What about the real people that want to get in there and desecrate it? Yeah, it's, it's the vandals yeah. I'd worried about, not yeah. the rest of them. Hopefully the mutt said by local folklore to be present at this chapel isn't a Welsh... Gwiggly? Gwilgi? I don't know. Put your teeth in backwards and try it. a W where it shouldn't. G-W-Y-L-L-G-I. G-W-what? Y. Double L-G-I. So Gwai? I don't
1: know. I'd have to look at it.
0: Which, David says, is also known as the Dog of Darkness or Blackhound of Destiny. Oh, that
1: sounds like the name of a big rock band.
0: Yeah, the blog states that this dog is described as a huge mastiff or black wolf with noxious breath and burning eyes, <laughs> appears to individuals after dark, especially on isolated roads. Glimpsing the dog is a prediction you'll suffer a horrendous death. Good God. Uh, <laughs> years ago, this Welsh chapel stood quite alone in a windswept grassy hillside. And the thought, the, the thought of a, a sinister hound prowling the graveyard seems more likely to capture the imagination than in more recent times.
1: Now, do we drive past this when we're in Wales?
0: No, it, it we'd have to go and find Cumbrian.
1: Right, wherever
0: the, is. I
1: need to look at maps. I've got no okay. concept of where anything is, and even then, if the the ocean is on the wrong side, I'm screwed.
0: But they do have a phone number for anyone <laughs> interested, and it's going for the princely sum of forty three thousand pounds plus. Wow! So it's going up for auction.
1: Yeah, that might be the starting price.
0: On March the tenth, we've still got time. Yeah, I to don't put think your shekels in. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that sounds good. I like it.
0: Mm. It's a nice little place.
1: It comes with a... a, a it's a
0: doer opera.
1: A, a demon hound and dead people. What more could you want?
0: Mm. We'd probably call it like a um, miners... A miners... Miners hut. Miners hut thingy. It doesn't look really big, but um, yeah, great churchyard. Mm. Nice place for parties. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think oh, the locals Halloween. would be happy about that. Halloween would be a hoot. A oh, hoot natty. <laughs> I was doing it at the hoot natty pub. <laughs> Please. Just, I've got to have a picture of that before I even say I, um, anything.
1: We've just been looking for accommodation in London and uh, we still need to find three nights accommodation in London at the very end of our trip. And, of course, we're on a very tight budget. Very tight. So I found this place that we could stay for three nights, which was 250 bucks, and it's called the Hootenanny. Nanny. <laughs> I think it's a youth hostel. And, um, you know, for that, we we get uh, to share the room with five other people, which would just be fun. Oh, you're not. oh just a delight. Yes. <laughs> All right. At this stage, I need to give a huge shout out. Now, nobody has sent us a dick pic. But oh, thank we, goodness. We did get a photo of a pussy. Oh, our oh. pussycat. Oh, no. And it's a beautiful pussycat. Look at that one. Oh, he's pretty. So a big shout out to MJ. Thank you for watching. I even got a photo of us on the, the TV <laughs> at the same time. Oh, Because her pussycat watches us. Well, they're watching their mom, mum's or their dad, dad's, looks like they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they're watching us on the big screen because we are just streaming live to our Facebook page.
0: You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata.
1: As it's now only four weeks till we go, we've actually only got another two live in-studio Spooky Sundays before we start the pre-records. Doesn't that make you go, wow, this is not far off now? It's getting real. So what we've done for you is while we're away, we are summarising our trip and telling you about all the haunted locations that we are staying at. We've still got news of the week and... uh, we tell you a little bit about the history and the ghost stories so that you know what situations you're going to find us in during the week. And you'll be able to watch us live on YouTube on Anne and Renata, Ghost Hunters. Make sure you head over there and you subscribe to that. We are so close to hitting 4,000. Please, people, we just need a few more people to go over there. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> was that a coffee I just had?
0: Oh, no. <laughs> you had a peppermint tea. I had a
1: peppermint tea. It was a good one. <sighs> Let me tell you, I have come up with a nice juicy story for you, a weird one. And I've decided that it doesn't always need to be about ghosts or paranormal. No, just weird. Because the human mind is far stranger than ghosts, oh, I reckon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I have found this lovely one in, of course, one of our great resources, The Fortean Time. And it's called In Bits in Berlin. Oh.
0: Oh, those those weird Germans.
1: Well, oh, well, let's oh, not pick Germans. on the weird Germans because there is the same a similar story about one in Russia and one in Poland. Oh, your bloody relatives.
0: Those weird Slavic people.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you a little about this lovely person. Uh-huh. So this is talking about an ex-teacher. Oh, well. One of these lovely people that are guiding our little kiddies mm-hmm. out there in the world and yeah. bringing them into, you know, adult adul- yeah. adulthood as decent human beings. Yeah. Well, this ex teacher has been sentenced to life in prison for murdering a man that he met on an online dating site. Ah, yes. Now you'd think, okay, this is this is a warning here. We're going to warn all you gorgeous people who are um, hitting the Tinder. I'm mm-hmm. now Renata. Yeah, don't you know? try this at home yeah um, just be careful Please be careful when you're you're meeting people. Meet them in a nice public area. Anyway, his name is Stefan, and isn't he a lovely looking
0: fella there, Renata? Oh, look, you'd never pick him as a, a the, cannibal there if you looked no, past him. There's in the no, there's
1: re- no weird eyes there at all. He was a forty-one year old maths teacher. Yep. Oh, oh <laughs> that, that, would,
0: that,
1: that would have done maths.
0: it. When was the last time you walked into a, a supermarket and was walking past someone and thought, mm, he looks like a cannibal? <laughs>
1: I've seen some, I thought they're serial killers. Anyway, Stefan Trogic, a 43-year-old power line technician and ex-teacher. Oh, hang on. He's accused of killing Stefan Trogic. Get it right. I can't get my story right and I've got it right in front of me. So he's accused of killing this 43-year-old power line technician he met on a dating site. Shortly after meeting the man, he chopped him up. Chopped mm. him up and then ate him. There you are. Apparently, uh, the reason why he did it was for sexual gratification. Oh. Well, there's something.
0: <laughs> Not, <laughs> don't go into details. Something please. for everyone, isn't just, there? Just don't.
1: Um, before distributing, uh, so he, he whatever it was, he ate bits, and then he distributed the rest of the parts around the rest of Berlin. Oh, so he he took him on a sightseeing tour and
0: left him everywhere so he could experience the like whole of Berlin. Did w- was that so that other people could taste him, or he would just left bits of him everywhere so they couldn't find him?
1: I think that he was just. Um, burying him in... Uh, oh, sp- I see. Yeah, trying to get rid of the body. Maybe he
0: was giving some friends, you know, a taste. You know, made a <sighs> nice pie and thought, look on, share
1: him. You can find just about anything on the web. After weeks of searching for the missing man, a dog walker found a femur, fetch Fido, fetch, oh. uh, in a forest to the north of the city with more bones being found by the police two weeks later in Pankow Park near Stephen R's flat. Police said that one bone... Was totally devoid of flesh, mm. Arr, and there were other indications which made ch- makes us strongly suspect that stefan T was the victim of a cannibal. There must have been teeth marks on the bone, mm. human teeth marks. You know when you get that baby lamb and you've just got to and no, suck the st- marrow st- out.
0: Oh, she's gonna S- ah, stop, she it. Me. stop it! Stop oh, it! God. Oh, do not talk about eating baby animals. Mm. No. It's not the allowed.
1: discovery of the park bones led them to tracking him down with a sniffer dog and arresting him. In court, Stefan claimed Trogic died in his sleep on the sofa after they'd had sex, and he did not call emergency services because it would have come out that I am homosexual. Oh. So he just, so he uh, just ate he, him. He just ate him yeah. <laughs>
0: No, no, we're about to get details. We're going to get details. He said, ah, "Little, ah, little, ah. little little children, this is your fault. Turn away now. This is your fault, Renata. Go and get some wheat bix or something. Go into the kitchen, little ones. Mums and dads go, la 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 la. He said that he decided to dispose of the
1: body himself, and then he had to cut off Trokitch's genitals, since my DNA could have still been present because I performed oral sex on him."
0: <laughs> a good wipe down with a with a Kleenex would have been fine. I oh know. A wet have. one. <laughs> oh God. Nappy. No. A, a
1: nappy wipe.
0: Something like that. No. That
1: would have done the job. Put a nappy sand on there would have been fine. God. All right. But, how the police noted that before his date with Trockage, he bought a set of butcher knives mm-hmm. and a bone saw, mm-hmm. which he kept in his bedroom and had put up a sex swing in his living room, living room with a note beside it entitled, Instructions for Emasculating and Slaughtering a Person. Now, if I'd walked into a house and I'd seen all that set up and I was on a date, I'd be like, hell no, I'm out of here. <laughs> Wow. Um, so when police searched his apartment, they also found 25 kilos of sodium, hy- sodium hydroxide, which they described as suitable for dissolving human tissue, as well as traces of the victim's blood in the hallway. Stefan R. had also brought a freezer five days before he met Trogic, <coughs> which he told his sister was for storing pizza. Yeah. It's a lot of pizza. Examination. Pizza of- Trogic. <laughs> That's a little bit of salami that you can see there in that little round circle. anyway, examination of his internet search history, showed this we should always clear history, uh, showed that he had trawled the dark web using terms that included long pig and fattening and slaughter people, as well as whether or not a person could survive after having their penis cut off. He frequented forums dedicated to cannibalism and allegedly posted, I have it now, referring to the penis, in one of these uh, after tragic Trogic's death. An autopsy that examined the additional remains recovered after Stefan's arrest determined that Trogic had most probably died from blood loss after having his willy severed.
0: Ah, oh, dear.
1: Aren't you glad you asked me to go find some...
0: More mm. weird stories? Oh, I'm just delighted, Anne. Absolutely You're delighted.
1: You're welcome. I've got another good one there that I found mm. that I'm going to look up for next week. Um, and it does have the uh, heading sex demon. So let's all look forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. So what, what, what do you reckon? Is he possess? Do you think that might be a mental health fear?
0: No, it's just, yeah, he's, he's got issues. Poor thing. Really, issues. There's, there's no, there's no possession involved in that one. No. Even a demon would go, no, nah, not going there. No. Nah. And uh, uh, Robert is online.
1: And Robert, I just want you to know that I have dedicated uh, part of uh, Ghostwriter to you tonight. You will uh, hear your name pop up. And I was thinking of you as we were writing. Uh, so we, he's got the comment there. You've got to be talking about eating man flesh while I'm eating beef ribs. <laughs> Oh, for Pete's sake. Mm. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and Sky also says that she has listened to all of our podcasts. She's oh, out there. Uh, thank you, Sky. MJ said thanks for the shout out. They appreciate it. You are welcome. And uh, hello, Dazzart. Thanks for sending us a photo. You're looking fabulous, mate. Even if you are sideways. And hello Catherine, how are you? She's got a question for us for our um, Spooky Chat after the next song. So guys, it is time to send through your paranormal questions. And it's time for Spooky Chat with Anne and Renata and all of our listeners. Ah, do we have any questions from the great beyond Renata? Um, I've got one for you actually, uh, while we're, we're going to look up the phone. Um, uh, if somebody came up to you in the middle of the street. Oh, no, she's. <laughs> Hello, Dick. I've got a dick pic. We've oh, got a dick pic. <laughs> dick, uh,
0: Smith. dick Smith. Oh, dear. Who was that? Oh, Dazza. That well, was Dazza, was it? Dazza. Could I? Thank you, Dazza. <coughs> that woke us up. Anyway,
1: if you had somebody. Um, say one of um, the, the lovely people on the Facebook land <clears throat> who we know of but we don't know. Um, we sort of we know them through the Facebook um, world. And they said to you, I've had a vision that there is going to be a problem with your aircraft and it's going to crash. Um, you should not travel on that day. Oh, God. Would you still get on the
0: plane? Oh, Don't even start me. Just don't. Would you? It's a horrible thing. Well, uh, it's to happened and, to me. I'd have to go and smudge myself all over just to get that out of my hair. Like,
1: like you don't really know whether this person has ability or not. Some, mm-hmm. the, other people say, oh, they've had some...
0: So it has happened to you?
1: It has happened to me. Oh,
0: Did you get on the plane?
1: It wasn't about a plane. It was not me that had to get on the plane. It was my son. Oh. And um, he had been given a... Um, I think it was a flying lesson or... No, skydiving. It was a skydiving gift, and by God, if anyone ever gives me one of those for a gift, I will shove it up your clacker. I'm telling you now, I do not jump out of planes. Um, he was given this skydiving gift and uh, one of his friends that he'd met in America said, Alex, I don't know if you're thinking about getting on a plane or something, but I'm getting a a vision of you jumping out of a plane and the parachute doesn't open and you die.
0: Oh my goodness. And that was
1: the week before he was going to do it. So we had this whole trauma of... And he was like, "Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just ignoring that. I'm going to keep following my life. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm not going to listen to that. Mm-hmm. But I was having conniptions. Mm-hmm. I was having absolute conniptions because this is my son who's about to go and jump out of a plane. And somebody's had a vision of him dying and didn't even know he was about to jump out of a plane. But
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. If he had known that he was going skydiving, uh, that's kind of a different story. But if he didn't know at all, yeah. that's weird.
1: So, would you have jumped out of the plane?
0: (laughs) I wouldn't have jumped out of the plane to begin with. No, (laughs) because I don't do that sort of stuff. Um, But it it would shake me up. The the difficulty would be if someone now said, um, you know, I don't want you getting on. I can see a
1: Russian missile coming for your
0: plane. (laughs) Oh, just just don't even, oh. just don't go there. It's terrible. <coughs> it's terrible. Don't ever do that Anyone to anyone, even as a joke. <coughs> it's horrid.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was traumatic for me. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out to you because mm. um, psychics and, and mediums, are, there's people given predictions all the time and not very often. If you counted up every prediction that was ever made, uh, compared to those that have come true, I think you would find that the, the massive percentage would be these predictions don't happen because you never hear about the ones who don't happen. You only hear about the ones that do.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, <coughs> if people get tested psychologically with regard to uh, having been to a psychic, they say that there is a likelihood that uh, they remember the and not the crosses. They remember when a psychic got it right, they tend to forget when a psychic got it wrong.
1: Yes, correct. And I have a feeling that it was Alex's girlfriend at the time that had bought him that as a gift. And I think the girl that said he was going to die in a plane crash, or from jumping out of a plane, it might have been someone who had a crush on him anyway. Mm. (laughs) He was only like 18 at the time, so... It was. He's now 29, getting married next Saturday, everyone. Yay, Sarah and Alex. Let's make it happen. Fuck off, Rona. Anyway, Catherine said, Why are some sightings of spirits white or see-through or some black masses? Mm.
0: So we've got two things going on here. We've got the way that the spirit actually... Um And that was another question I posed. What's the difference between a ghost and a spirit? And I only had two people answer me. You slack things. <laughs> well, she give it a go and, and voice your opinions. This is what it's all about. But they we might want be hear, wrong. We want to hear no what you thing.
1: think. There's no such thing as wrong because nobody has the answer. We want to hear
0: what you think. What is the difference between a ghost and a spirit? Send your message in now on zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six because this is really interesting. It's an interesting topic. <laughs> And I look at it from two perspectives. Mm-hmm. One of it, one perspective is how is the person who's seeing this interpreting it? Yep. So how does their mind work mm-hmm. and how are they interpreting the vision? Mm-hmm. And number two, if there is a spirit, what sort of state is that energy in to be able to make Manifest. Those changes and manifest. And does it mean that every time they manifest, they manifest as a black sludge? Or sometimes they come through as a, uh, a ray of light? Or you know, An orb. A, Do they change, or do they they stay the same?
1: I would like to know if there was two people in the room. Did they see the same thing, or did one see it as a white shape and the other see it as a black yes, shape? Yes, very uh, interesting. It's. Uh, I think I'm I'm in agreement with Renata in that it's the interpretation of the person that is seeing it and what they are capable of seeing as well. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's a bit like people who can see in the full light spectrum of the red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who can't see in the red spectrum or in a green spectrum. And so they will look at something and see it as grey, where we might see it, and see it as red or green. Mm-hmm. So... Um, The same idea with the psychics and mediums who have ability to work within the spirit realm, supposedly, allegedly. Are they able to perceive maybe more of the image of that shadowy Mm -hmm. figure than someone who is unable to?
0: Well, we only have um, a certain amount uh, of abilities to hear and see. In our world, well, if you think uh, of animals; yeah. they can see
1: so much more than so us, so much
0: more, and hear so much more. All cats and dogs. So anyway. there's got to be something outside of the realm that we are involved in. Oh no, humans know everything; um, they're infallible. Yeah. <laughs> so it's look like all of this sort of stuff, Catherine. This is complicated. Good question, and, though. But it's an awesome question that um, people could dig into and, um, yeah, look up some information.
1: Yeah, good on you, Jodie. You keep that experience to yourself. No, I don't want to try that. <laughs> Jodie's saying skydiving's the most amazing experience everywhere. Um, we did get sent a video yeah, no. of a lady skydiving, I'm just going to go, <laughs> for those who have seen that video.
0: I, I, I do not want to be in abject terror for half an hour. Um in my life. Thank you very much. And
1: good on you. We've got Portable Tree, which has given it a crack. Ghost is when someone doesn't turn up on a date. <laughs> Spirit is what you do to make amends. (laughs) That is fabulous. That is gold. Portable tree, you are awesome. Uh, And we've got Brent. Hi, Brent from Night Stalker Paranormal. Oh. The question is, how do you get permission to investigate on other people's property? Is basically what it comes down to. Mm Mm. Now, Renata has been doing this way longer than I have, Mm -hmm. and I was very blessed in that uh, both locations I worked with, um, with Oz Paratech, were virtually... um, Handed to me or um, it was suggested that we run tours there and then we uh, put in the submissions. Mm-hmm. So uh, I didn't have to go through that icky, horrible stage where you approach someone and say, I'd really like to come and investigate your location. May I have permission? So I'm going to hand that over to Renata.
0: Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Those.
1: I'll just throw in my two bob when you're ready.
0: Mm. Uh, we aren't England and we aren't America. And in England and America, their approach to having people come in on to a private property is slightly different to what you would expect um, if you did the same thing in Australia. There is a lot of resistance here. And for good reason, if you're going to put anything up on YouTube, uh, you have to be God damn sure you're doing the right thing. You've got to have written permission. You get those um,
1: uh, forms printed up, the mm-hmm. the waivers, and you make sure they sign them. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I, I think the the first thing is. Um, just the the go-ahead which is the hardest thing and you would probably find that um, if you had 10 people probably in most cases nine and a half would say no you're not doing it Um, it would have to be a very very open-minded person who would want to be uh, placed in a vulnerable situation where you are recording what is going on um and they are giving you approval because there are a number of things that are happening. First of all, uh, you've got to make sure that the people that you're dealing with are fed income and that they're not pulling a leg or that there isn't um, some mental health issues happening there uh, which need to be sorted out. Uh, and so you need to do your due diligence with this. Uh, You need to research it. You need to get the right information from these people. And um, as Anne said, permissions, permissions, permissions. Then the thing is that once you've done the recording, you just don't slap it up onto YouTube without approaching the people first and go, this is what we've got. This is how we're going to present it. We need you to say this okay. Because once it's up, you cannot put it back in the box. You can't get rid of it. It is up. Uh, And people then have to look at themselves and go, oh, my God, look, oh, this is terrible. Look at what's going on. So we as paranormal investigators might think it's awesome and exciting and fantastic to go into a private home and to see if there is some sort of paranormal activity. But you have to remember that the people that are going through a, a true haunting are as scared as all hell. And they're not interested in you going in and uh, doing something that is going to be shown live on YouTube. They want the thing fixed. They don't want to be afraid anymore. And to have four people, three people, five people traipsing through your home for however many hours with cameras and uh, recording everything is very much in your face. And I was saying to Anne there, I I saw a show not long ago about a uh, a group of paranormal investigators in England that did just this. They walked into somebody's home uh, and it was up on, I don't know, seven plus or something or other, and you could could watch it. And I was absolutely horrified at the amount of people that they placed into this home and just the the meters of cable and uh, tv screens and laptops and lights and all of this sort of stuff it was a production and it was more about them going in there with their black t-shirts and going look how smart we are than the poor person involved who at some point in time during the program ran outside in hysterics Almost ready to vomit because she was so worked up by all of this. Because they're walking around the house going, Oh, there's demonic energy here, and there's they hadn't even discussed it with her, it was just being done live. And you go, Oh my goodness! So, So, yeah, there are ways of doing it, but I can tell you now, be prepared to hear a lot of no. And I think the way to go about it is that
1: you need to be humble. Um, and that you – so there's been so many times we've heard reports from some of the locations we've worked at that Mm -hmm. have had people who have contacted the owners and demanded Mm. that they come and do an investigation there because it's their rights as paranormal investigators to be able to investigate any haunted location they should choose, Mm -hmm. which is absolute codswallop. Mm -hmm. So you need to always go in humbly and say, look, we've heard some stories about your location and we're really interested in the history of the place and to see whether there is any substance to these stories. Would you be interested in working with us? Mm-hmm. You, know, you need to tell them exactly what you are going to do. Do not hide anything. You, you tell them, you know, we'll sit down and have a chat to you. Um, would it be okay if we recorded the conversation? Um, you know, and it, it take, there's a few steps in it. It's not like you rock up and go, here we are, we're going to investigate now. Mm. It's it's a very difficult, delicate thing to do and always be humble, ask, but know that they're probably going to say no, because a lot of places don't want it to be known in the outside world that their location is haunted.
0: Now, just before we go to a song, in saying that, we did um, one of these live uh, investigations with Isaac Butterfield. We did. Just a few months ago. So... If you want to have a look at how that went, and I hope it's been put Probably together.
1: Probably next month it'll come put out. Put
0: together properly, I'm sure it will be. It will be up on Isaac's channel, and uh, it'll be in his uh, The Devil's Advocate um, series. But thank you for the question. It's a dicey that one. That was a really good question, and it's Brent. An, it's awesome that you've thought about asking.
1: Oh, and you need insurance. Don't forget insurance. I have uh, contacts for that if you need help with it.
0: You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. It's nine o'clock, which means it's my turn. It's my turn with all the buttons. All yours. Go for it. Oh, (laughs) so exciting. And uh, in this hour, we are going to have a story about some mischievous ghost hunters uh, in the 19th century in Australia. We're going to have Anne's um, ghost writer story. Um, We're going to have Christy after 9.30. She's going to be talking about rice. Oh, okay. Very nice. Maybe how to cook it with a curry. I don't know. (laughs) She might have some tips. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what else we have time for. So we're going to get on to my Australian story. And don't sound so exciting. I'm I'm, I'm I'm, sitting here tapping
1: on London hotels, <laughs> find somewhere we can stay. I like this one I get 10,000 uh, points if I
0: book that one So this this comes from Atlas Obscura, another fabulous fabulous site for wacky and weird stories and we hope you're enjoying these stories that we're um, sharing with you tonight. Uh, and this one is called The Mischievous Ghost Hoaxes of 19th Century Australia. No, 19th century is the
1: 1800s yes? Yeah? Yep. I was getting muddled.
0: Yep. <laughs> to stave off boredom some people donned sheets and men to the public. Oh, I'm menacing you. Yes. Uh, um, in 1882, in the southeast Australian state of Victoria, repeated attacks on the general public were carried out by a figure known only as the Wizard Bombardier. Oh, <laughs> very nice, yeah. Um, maybe he was at Mark de Gras yesterday, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> this individual was known for wearing an ostentatious outfit of white robes and a sugar loaf hat. Now, I think a sugar loaf hat is um, one that was made out of like special stuff that they used to make hats out of in the 1800s. I, th- I don't think it's the design. I think it's what it's made from. Yeah. yeah. So the wizard's strategy involved disorienting People with loud screams before hurling stones and other sorts of missiles at them. Then the ghoulish individual would make a quick dash and was gone. Attacks like these, in which pranksters disguised as ghosts would wreak havoc, came to be known as ghost hoaxing. There were many cases and perpetrators in Australia from the late 19th century to the First World War, to the point that rewards were offered for the apprehension of ghost hoaxes. In this era, Australia was the perfect location for villains and rogues who wished to imitate apparitions for their own ends. David Waldron, author of the article Playing the Ghost, Ghost Hoaxing and Supernaturalism in Late 19th Century Victoria, says that the lack of professionalised Police meant that Australia had a particular lawlessness that, along with an abundance of leisure time and a lack of affordable entertainment, <laughs> nothing options, to do, <laughs> created an environment ideal for ghost hoaxers who often use their own theatrics to entertain themselves. Now, there's a little story here that I want to uh, share with you. This is called thrashing a ghost. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let me strap myself in for this one. Considerable alarm was experienced by timid residents of Connington near Perth at the frequent appearance of what was called a a ghost. <gasps> a number of residents waylaid the apparition, who surrendered on being bailed up by a revolver. Ooh. The custom... You wouldn't the, think
1: a ghost would be worried
0: about a revolver. The costume consisted of a sheet with eyelet holes and decorated with red paint and other elaboration. Or they'd gone all out. <laughs> no expense was spared there. The residents decided not to hand him over to the police, but to administer a sound thrashing with a paling. Ooh! <laughs> uh, <laughs> that sounded The Scooby Doo gang there,
1: but without the thrashing.
0: So this was accordingly done, and the ghost set at liberty. And there's a little picture um, associated with it. They took a photo.
1: I'm sorry, I've just I've got a bit of indigestion. I'm just taking my lantern. That's what all the crackling is. I've just got a
0: look. (laughs) And this this appeared in the Australian Sunday Times on November the 27th, 1898. Now technology helped make the ghost pranks, pranks. Look spooky, as Waldron writes. The recent invention of phosphorescent paint meant that individuals could glow in the dark as they ministered. Oh yes. <laughs> Which, I love it. Which made their outfits all the more believable and gave them an otherworldly appearance. Ghost hoaxes, sometimes fashioned elaborate disguises. In 1895, for instance, one prankster created a costume to resemble a knight and emblazoned the phrase, prepare, prepare to meet thy doom oh. on his armour. <laughs> <God. laughs> to ratchet up the threat factor, this nice knight also threatened people with decapitation. So Australia during wow. this period was very concerned about the threat of larrikins, rowdy youths out to cause mischief. What do we call them nowadays? Um, I don't think we can say those words on on the radio show here. So some of these laricans yes. regarded ghost costumes as suitable devices Idiots. with which to commit Morons. crimes and violence. A sort of urban warfare was fought with ghost hoaxes on one side and on the other vigilantes and armed guards determined to shoot the pranksters with buckshot oh. as a way to end their mischief. Waldron writes that despite the ghost pranks being associated with the working class, once the ghost was apprehended, many, if not most of those arrested were in fact school teachers and clerks and the like and a small number of middle-aged women. Oh,
1: no. Oh. That's because we'd get a kick out of doing that. I could see you <laughs> and I doing that. Well, actually, we did at one stage. Remember, we, were, we bought all those tablecloths and
0: we were going to yes. dress them
1: up and we were going to do a yeah. whole series on TikTok of these yeah. ghosts appearing might, everywhere. Might
0: still take a light one over to England with us and do some magnificent shots at some really spooky places. With a what tablecloth over our head. Yes, absolutely. Sure. Why not? Um, <laughs> our one unexpected ghost hoax that would be awesome. Uh, was Herbert Patrick McLennan. Who in 1904 equipped himself with a glowing outfit that included a top hat, frock coat, and boots. Most menacingly, McClellan carried a cat o' nine tails whip and used it to assault women he encountered. <gasps> oh, oh no, oh. lock him up. When a bounty of £5 pounds was placed on McClellan, he proceeded to declare war on the authorities, <laughs> threatening to shoot anyone who came after him in a letter addressed to local leaders, in which he referred to himself as the ghost. When McClellan was arrested, however, he turned Turned out to be a powerful, influential clerk and public speaker. Oh. McClellan was sent to jail, but he soon he was soon back out again. Uh, most ghost, ghost hoaxes made their own custom disguises wearing such as wearing a coffin strapped to their backs <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't be bothered. I could
0: not be bothered. So as to give the appearance of having risen from the dead, as in one case in 1895, well, bless them, a female ghost hoaxer even incorporated music by playing a guitar (laughs) while she skulked around near a hotel, according to reports in I could get my ukulele out. We
1: could take that to London (laughs) and I can go
0: tiptoe through the tulips. (laughs) One theme common to ghost hoaxers was the use of pre-existing superstitions and locations that were regarded as haunted or associated with death, such as cemeteries. Some hoaxers even painted a skull and crossbones in a particular location to create a sense of fear before they arrived to wreak havoc." Isn't that an amazing story? There's more here. There's a whole stack, but it will take me another five minutes to read it. That,
1: that was absolute sheer gold. Yeah. I'm loving that. Yeah.
0: And, look, the ghost hoaxes <coughs> thing ended um, when World War I arrived. I suppose um, that and, um, yeah. took on a far more serious yes. note and people weren't as bored. Yeah, there were far bigger issues, as they said, uh, and 60,000 Australian soldiers died. And um, so, yeah, they, they kind of stopped doing that at that point. Well, thanks for
1: bringing the story down at the end. Oh, sorry. We've got a message here from Portable Tree who said, we have to stay at Earl's Court, a.k.a. Kanga Court, where all the Aussies stay. I think we might avoid that. Oh, dear. <laughs> and Robert has
0: gone, na 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 <laughs> na 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 Catman. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Oh. We are about to jump into the ghostwriter segment. I I just need to adjust my microphone so I'm
1: fully ready for this whole experience. Okay.
0: Sit down, everyone. I hope you've got some wine. (laughs)
1: Because you're going to be whining by the end of it. Uh, So, so, just so people understand how the ghostwriter works, what I I do is I take some information and I write up a plot and I pop it into the ghostwriter and I say, Ghostwriter, tell me a story. And I press the button and it spits out a story. Now, quite often... It just goes off on tangents, as um, AI generally does. It's it's weird. Uh, but today, Ghostwriter didn't really want to play. I was having all sorts of issues, and I had to keep putting my own writing into it to keep it going. And I kept pressing, you know, give me a story, oh, and it says, and that ended the story. I well, no, it didn't end the story. Let's put a bit more information in. Anyway, what I entered into it was Anne and Renata, who were best friends and paranormal investigators. Investigators, uh, and then there was a, a problem at the Sydney Opera House we're going to, uh-huh. where um, they think that they may have a spirit wraith problem mm-hmm. uh, because two of their prima donna, um, prima ballerinas, um, Sheila and Kathy, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, had been murdered, and uh, also Robert, the bass baritone um, from the opera company, uh, and so that. Was, that's what I put into it, and that we, Renata was great psychic medium, and I was great on the paranormal technology, and um, I thought, all right, enter, let's go, and this is how it started off. Okay. Renata and Anne were walking backstage at the Sydney Opera House discussing the new spirit that had been causing havoc.
0: I just don't understand how a spirit could be killing people. It doesn't make any sense. I know, it's strange, said Anne, but we're going to solve this mystery
1: before opening night. They walked into the dressing room where Sheila and Kathy were getting ready for their performance. Hey girls, said Anne, are you ready for tonight? Sheila and Kathy looked at each other and then back at Anne. They both had a scared look in their eyes. We're not sure if we can do this, said Kathy. There's been this weird spirit following us around and it makes us really scared. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't worry, said Anne. We'll get to the bottom of this. Renata and I will help you get rid of the spirit. And that's when it sort of spat the dummy. And I went, oh, come on. No, we need more than that. So I had to type and just change things around and get it going. So, mind you, Renata has lines. She has no idea how the story goes. I just point at her when she's got to say her lines. Yeah, help me. There's a cracker coming up. Um. Don't worry. So I've said we'll get to the bottom of this. Renata and I will help you get rid of the spirit. Opening night arrived. And Anne and Renata were backstage ready to help Sheila and Kathy. The curtains opened and the performance began. However, halfway through the show, Sheila started coughing up blood. She fell to the ground dead. No. The audience was in shock. <gasps> Kathy screamed ah! and ran off stage. <laughs> Anne and Renata followed her. (laughs) They found her in a corner crying hysterically. I don't want to do this anymore, she said between sobs. I can't take it anymore. Anne and Renata tried to console her, but it was no use. She refused to go back on stage. However... Show business says the show must go on. So the understudy quickly stepped into Sheila's role and the ballet continued. Just then, the stage manager grabbed Renata and said, Quickly, we need your help. Our bass baritone Robert has disappeared and we think he's been murdered. Renata and Anne followed him backstage. They could see that something was definitely wrong with Robert... Well, geez, we must be clever. That's all I can say. Mm. Robert was lying on the ground with his throat slit. Oh. There was something definitely wrong with Robert. Yeah, maybe there's a problem. Hmm. We need to find the spirit wraith that's doing this, said Anne. It's the only way we'll be able to stop it. Jeez, I talk a lot. You don't say much, do you? No, I don't. <sighs> they started searching through the opera house, but they couldn't find a trace of the spirit. Finally, they headed up to the roof. There... They found the spirit wraith hovering hovering over a mesmerized Kathy. They called out to it but it just laughed and disappeared into the night. It was clear that someone had brought a curse to the show and the opera house, but who was it? Was it Sheila? Kathy. Robert. Or someone else entirely. Only time would tell. Right now, however, Anne and Renata's main objective was to rescue Cathy from the clutches of the spirit wraith. The stage manager had mentioned there were some secret tunnels under the opera house. So the ladies headed down into the depths to search for the terrifying beast. The walls were old convict. Tunnels hand carved by those poor souls in servitude. Anne and Renata hurried along with their flashlights in hand, searching everywhere for a trace of the missing ballerina Kathy. They suddenly heard a loud, ominous screech ahead of them. That wasn't terribly Sorry. ominous. Sorry. That was a little bit pathetic. Sorry. I'll try better. Yeah, off you go. No. <laughs> They stopped dead in their tracks in fear and dread. As around the next corner, the wraith appeared, lunging towards them with Cathy clasped in its evil grasp. Cathy made eye contact with Anne and screamed, I'm sorry, it stop, it stop. It wants to mate with me. It was at this moment that Renata... Had a spirit jump into her body and take control of the situation. Renata lunged forward, possessed by warrior nun spirit, shouting an incantation to banish the wraith back to the underworld.
0: Dominus, Fuctus, offer, spiritus, rectus. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, I'm so so glad you shouted that at them. Thank you. Obviously, somebody didn't re- didn't read the shouting, the Dominus, factus yes, the yes, Spiritus it, Anus. Not, it's not written there.
0: It's not written I'm there. I'm sorry, but if you it's go not, back up there, it says no. shouting an incantation. Well, look. The director has inca- spoken. An incantation is always better... Made musical. Oh, bloody doodle. You tell me. Tell, tell us, people. Did you like it? Yeah, I, no, I, I haven't did, finished yet. I did re- no, I, I don't care about the story. I was li-
1: about my oh, bit. She needs praise. Uh, my bit. Her self-esteem is low. <laughs> Please send her a text message to 049084886 so I can finish my freaking story.
0: <laughs> yeah, go ahead.
1: So she's just finished doing her Dominus Factus Offa Spiritus Rectus Sanus. And the audience erupted into applause, startling Anne and Renata. Yay! Why was there an audience there? I don't know. Blinking furiously in the sudden harsh light they saw before them an audience in front of the stage and they were on their feet and shouting their praise. Anne and Renata looked around them Dazed, suddenly realised they were in the middle of the stage on the opera house and both had been in a trance, possessed and unwittingly performing in the ballet opera Sacred Bush and Holy Well without even knowing it. Oh my goodness. Something had taken control of their mind and body and used them. Sheepishly, they looked around. Seeing the fake blood on Robert as he took his bow, Sheila winking at them with the bloodstains down her tutu. Kathy ran forward and presented the ladies with flowers, saying, I don't know if we could have done this without you both, thank you. Renata, Anne looked at Renata and said, that's the last time I use your headache tablets. What the hell was in them? <laughs> Renata replied, I don't know. I thought you gave them to me. In the shadows behind the curtain, an ominous laugh erupted <laughs> and the wraith <laughs> rubbed its hands together in glee. It had won this round. <sighs> the end. The end. What do we reckon? Oh, <sighs>
0: That was just astounding. Astounding. I
1: know. But we didn't realise that we were part of a performance. No.
0: And you singing, that was even more appropriate than you realised. There you go. You must have been sidekick. I know. Welcome back, and it's that time of the evening where we have our delightful Christy from Spells and Spirits coming in to give us a spiritual upload or download or sideway load or whatever. <laughs> or whatever is appropriate. A load. Just a load. <laughs> Just <to> load <laughs> and give She's going to dump on us. <laughs> and give us some great spiritual uplifting information. Hello, Miss Christy. Hello. How are we? Oh, we're super hey, Fabulous <laughs> oh,
2: we're super Fabulous <laughs> Fabulous I'm still enjoying 90 days in Facebook jail Oh, um, oh boy no.
1: yeah. For something yeah. you did years ago Yep that's stupid. No sense of humour, that
2: place. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: Absolutely not. <sighs>
2: yeah. oh. But tonight, I want to talk about rice. And um, just when I phoned in, just I didn't even think about it. And I said to Renata, I'm talking about rice or
0: riso rice or riso that's, that's a blast from the past. I know. There, yeah. there will be many people here who aren't even old enough to remember rice I or I remember.
1: Riso. I was jealous of people that had rice <laughs> or riso because we never had stuff like that. I had to have homemade. Food.
0: Oh, rice or <laughs> riso. Oh, that's a Friday night sensation, isn't it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Can is you still buy it? Is, it? is it still? I is don't it? know. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it turned into a brand called Vesta or something uh. like that. And it was like Vesta rice or something, but it was still that hard, crunchy orange. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <yuck. laughs> no one loved. <laughs>
1: With the dehydrated carrots, which never puffed back up again. <laughs>
2: So tasty. Uh, Oh, nice. (laughs) As you know, I love using things that we've got in our cupboards and things like that for magic. So, you know, I would say even keto people would have rice in their cupboards (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, with that. But, you know, rice has been used through, I guess, many different cultures and things like that. Obviously, predominantly um, Asian, Indian um, cultures have been you know that's their main their main food i guess is mm-hmm. rice
0: mm-hmm. that's their staple um, like we eat bread
2: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: um with that but you know in asia that the rice spirit itself is honoured as a mother type entity so i guess that real life-giving nourishing sort of spirit attached to it mm-hmm. um but rice in spells is used for blessings money prosperity fertility protection wealth security to find treasure, oh, and also hello. for rain. So anyone who's doing a rice rain spell, just quit it. We don't need it. <laughs> it. <laughs> Stop oh, it. Did up. it really good? That's enough now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh, yes. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but, yeah, so um, for money and wealth spells, the rice is often dyed green or gold and mixed with gold glitter. Oh, that would oh be nice. nice. So that would be amazing in a little spell jar. Uh-huh. And then, if you're using rice for fertility, dyeing it red. Oh, <laughs> so true. See, I would say, but yes, but you know, and rice does come in a variety of different colours that you can work with. You know, you know, if we get white or brown, um, but the, the wild rice is black as well. So I would actually probably look at, look at using wild rice in a protection spell. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, to help absorb negativity, and wild rice is very pointy on the end as well. So that would be a real nice little, you know, little little dagger. To stay away from me, sort of yeah. energy oh, coming from
0: ends. that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, you're, are you talking about using it raw or raw. cooked? No, raw.
1: It gets a bit smelly <laughs>
2: after. <Yes. laughs> Just, people want to know these yep, things. Yeah, they do. They yes. do. You know. But, yes, definitely raw. Don't leave cooked rice around. I think you'll end up with a rodent problem <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day. And you can but actually get enough. quite
1: sick from um, uh, cooked rice that's been left out for too long.
0: Yes. Oh, well, yes. I it didn't does know
2: that. Yeah. Very quickly.
1: Oh, you'll be yes, pleased so to know that there's lots of people that do remember the rice riso, so there you go. <laughs>
2: Wonderful. See, I'm not that old. But there, speaking of old, though, not Renata. But there is an old superstition that claims that certain evil spirits are obsessive counters. And that putting a container of grains of rice near the door will cause any evil spirits that are trying to enter your house to be distracted.
0: That is true,
2: They will sit there and count the individual grains of rice and forget why they actually entered. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's an oldie. Very yeah. old one. So, keeping that rice near your door to distract the evil spirits, but also while bringing blessings of prosperity into your home. I've
1: seen that in many a TV show where they've thrown something and the the imp is forced to count.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Must be an ADHD. I think it's
1: a leprechaun
0: thing too. Mm. So, is that why they throw yeah. rice at weddings? Well, funny No, it's to to kill the sparrows
2: Yeah, so we shouldn't really be throwing rice Because it does blow up in little birdies' tummies And that's not good But the tradition of throwing rice to newlywed couples um, Is meant to impart the blessings of fertility and abundance and prosperity
1: Ah
2: them
1: Well, Alex and Sarah get married on Saturday I'm going to go and buy a 20 kilo bag (laughs) Just
2: (laughs) just
0: throw a box of rice and (laughs) (laughs) resell. Throw the whole bag at them because it'll save you cleaning up.
1: You yeah, know, this is true. Time. And Alex does like a bag of rice because he, he's a bit of a tight ass when it comes to money. So he'll he'll use that to feed him and Sarah for a year.
2: We'll get the black and gold brand. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> nice and lucky. But there is a little spell that we can do that's really nice and simple. Yes. Um, so simply just get a teacup, your bag of rice, and a handful of coins. And just put some rice in the bottom of the teacup, a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Put a layer of coins. Put another layer of rice, a layer of coins, a little lasagna, coins and rice lasagna. I like Raw, it. <laughs> raw rice, raw rice. Mm-hmm. And fill it to the top. And then you can either place it by your front door or on your altar. Um, if you have a business, you can also um, place it in your place of business or if you've got a home business where, you know, you, you would sit to do your business to help increase profits. Nice. And it really is as simple as that. Wow. We, we
1: need to do this urgently. Yeah. The the England trip is looming and it's scary.
2: <laughs> we, we <laughs> this need is to... the good thing about it. It's, it's such a powerful little charm, you know, the symbol of abundance and a wealth. Mm-hmm. And um, interesting, it says... That the humidity in the air helps swell the rice, so your income will grow. And I can't tell you, you ladies would know, humidity is a
1: killer. Oh, oh it's awful at it's the moment. awful. Absolutely awful. So our awful. rice
2: should just be swelling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sure, there's many other things that are swelling as well. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so hang on. Now, I know some people will be worried. Do you finish with a layer of rice or a layer of coins?
2: That is a good question. I believe it is a layer of rice.
1: I would go with the layer of rice too. So if there's any sticky beaks that are coming around, they mm. think, oh, why have they got a cup of rice at the front door? Mm. Rather than, oh, coins, I'm going to take that. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. And obviously you can boost it from time to time by burning a green or a gold candle next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. But you can actually um, keep that rice for, for a year.
1: Oh, mm. nice. And then you can cook it afterwards and eat it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Mmm. Mix mm. <laughs> it in with the rice oriso, you wouldn't know the difference. Oh, if anybody okay. finds rice oriso somewhere, can you just send us a packet? It no, be- no. <laughs> yes. Let me give you a Renata's address, please. <laughs> oh,
2: Do not send it I to just, me.
0: I wonder. It's got to be somewhere. <coughs> I, reckon, I reckon there's a storehouse, a warehouse full of old rice riso. <laughs> Best mm. before 1984. Oh, yeah. I, th- that, I think it became Uncle Ben's. Oh, and it... Turned foul. Uncle Ben's is American. Oh, is it? It's
1: horrid. Okay. Absolutely horrid. All right, you've obviously got more experience in this department than me. <laughs> <laughs> I only oh. ever do the nice steamed rice oh. or I buy the nice fried rice from our local Chinese.
0: Oh. <laughs> okay, Christy, how can people get in contact with you other than Facebook? <laughs>
2: Well, they can send me a message on, through Messenger, through Spells and Spirits, and obviously they can contact me through the website mm-hmm. um, as well. Um, I'm, yes, while I'm in jail, I'm trying to break my addiction to scrolling through Facebook needlessly.
1: Mm. Hmm. Just make up a fake profile, you'll be fine. <laughs> oh, I've
2: already caught one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. dear.
0: Um, We've got to keep the
2: world running, don't we? Yeah.
0: So uh, we're going to be talking to you uh, a little bit more intimately at oh, some point in time me? this week, where you will be pre recording some of these sessions with us. Um, yes, that Patrick's Day, that is. Yes. Oh, just, we'll yes. have some green rice. Yes. So
2: I was wondering if we could ask our listeners. To text in something they would, a subject they want to know about, an item they want to know about, a herb, a crystal, a spell for. That's a yeah,
1: brilliant idea. That's a good idea. You're yeah. yeah,
2: full of good Get ideas. In the
0: ask Christie session. Yeah,
1: 049084886. That's 049084886. What would you like to ask a witch?
0: Yeah. <sighs> awesome. Are oh. you all right there, Anne? Yeah,
1: I'm just having a moment. Oh. Oh, I
0: thought it really sounded like it was a really long breath. Yeah.
1: yeah. All right.
0: Well, thank you so much, Christy. We will catch up with you at some point in time during the week. And, uh, yes, if anyone wants to get in contact with Christy, uh, jump onto Spells and Spirits, uh, to her webpage page, or um, let us know what your question is, and we'll get it to her on eight four triple eight six. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. Oh, Anne, I think I've created a monster. You
1: are in trouble. <laughs> there are people who are very upset <laughs> because they've, they've said, do you know how many times that, that repeats free falling <laughs> in the song and now everyone, all they can hear is free <laughs> balling. <laughs> free <laughs> balling. <laughs> Free balling,
0: free balling. Oh. <laughs> oh, look! I was, I was thinking what you, about that. No, I was, yeah, what were you I thinking was, about at the time? I was thinking about that a long time before the song came up. Oh, I you've was been. Waiting. Oh, I was waiting she's, she's keen. Did, God, didn't, didn't, didn't I un- do it well? You <laughs> would have thought I'd just made a mistake. No, I think there you did. You go. <laughs> There you go. That, that's how good. That's how prepared we are. You here. are such a professional. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I need a t-shirt with that on. It. I am a professional. Mm. Speaking of t-shirts, we're going to have a few new t-shirts out very, very soon with some interesting things on them. But you'll have to wait until we um, put them up on the um, web yes, page. Yes, yeah. page. We've
1: ordered um, some so that we can wear them and show people. We will be the super models mm-hmm. for the t-shirts mm-hmm. and. Um, Nata has designed quite a few of them mm-hmm. uh, and I am so super impressed. I didn't yeah. think she was that clever. Mm. Uh, yeah. And uh, the <laughs> <laughs> other t-shirt, you. we've got our concept designed by Sky, uh-huh. and um, the Fiverr dude has created it so it could go onto a t-shirt and added a few bits and pieces extra.
0: It's looking good, Sky. Oh, it's looking
1: really good. It's looking good. Mm. So we will reveal that in the next couple of days. We've just got to get them up on the website because we know that as soon as they go on the website, people are going to go nuts. Oh, they're
0: going to go They're going to go. (laughs) Amazing. So we'll
1: have to put across it limited edition. Mm. Um, No more orders. It's going to be the deadline cutoff date for that um, Sacred Wells and Holy Hole T-shirt. Sacred Bush.
0: (laughs) Sacred Bush. You got it wrong. I know. She's tired. I'm tired. (laughs) Auntie Ann needs a nap. Mm. (laughs) Now, we actually don't have any tours um, booked in for this weekend because you had a wedding to go to. It's Friday Night. Oh yes, we have Maitland Jail. It's booked out. Yep. Um, I may be able to put something in on Saturday. I'm going to find out tomorrow if I can. And yeah. then I'll let I'll let everyone know if the tickets are, uh, are available for that. But um, yeah, we'll shall see. And uh, we've, we've only got a few things left before we head off. So it's sort of, we're all just focused on this trip and surviving.
1: Yeah, so at the moment we have got three episodes uh, recorded um, out of the five we needed to record Um, and uh, that takes us up, at the moment we've recorded up to uh, Scotland, when Mm -hmm. we're in Scotland and Chillingham Castle and um, Greyfriars and uh, all that sort of stuff and then we fly to Ireland from there and we need to pull our finger out and work out exactly where we're going because the gorgeous Danielle, our Irish correspondent sent us through this message the other day saying now we can do this, that, something else and then we can go over to here and when I'm looking at the list going, I've got no idea where these places are I'm going to have to sit down with a map I'm going to have to map it all out because I'm such a visual person. Lists aren't good for me. I need to see it.
0: Yeah, that's okay. She's, she's, oh, she's, our, she's our forest correspondent. For- as long as she can show us where the Irish butter <laughs> the and the potato bread <laughs> and the and the be, and the bread <laughs> can be bought. We'll be fine. Oh. We'll be fine. Oh yeah just so many problems yeah and i I was um, trying to I was saying
1: I was researching this morning because I, I do like to do my research via YouTube because we know everything on YouTube is real uh, and I was before uh, you know up to about a month ago I was researching the Japan Airlines premium economy by the way Japan airlines have now cancelled all their flights to Europe mm, so we yeah. would have been up the... Duff the duff with up the duff without a paddle. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, and I'm now researching. Uh, it, I thought we were flying Qantas, but it's actually an Emirates flight. Work going on, uh-huh. and how to survive economy. <laughs> Our first leg is 14 hours, and then it's only a seven-and-a-half-hour flight from there, uh-huh. which that makes it look a doddle. Uh-huh. Seven-and-a-half-hour flight uh-huh. looks like a doddle. Um, anyone got any tips for us on eight four triple eight six? apart from drink lots of alcohol and take Valium and oh, <laughs> knock yourself out? Yeah. Uh, but they I'm did say that help. Emirates is the best economy airline in the world. So let's just hang on to that little glimmer of hope that we can't be princesses this time, but we can be princesses on the inside. Okay. All
0: right. Time to go. Yep. Time to go. So thank you, everyone, for joining us this evening. As usual, our look—it's just amazing that we have this beautiful We're still following, here. Uh, and that we are still here, still being crazy, and that you guys um, come on and listen and support us. So thank you so very, very much, uh, everyone in the Hunter and um, up north. Please, on the east coast, uh, we our hearts go out to you. We hope that this new front that's coming down just passes quickly and um, it just literally blows over and has nothing to do with any of you. Gets blown out to sea. Don't
1: forget that we're also now on um, Spotify with the Spooky Sundays podcast and also the True Hauntings podcast and get a double dose of Anne and Renata, you poor bastards. Mm. Anyway, it's time to go. See you on the dark side, everyone. Stay spooky.
0: Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable, sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only
2: on Newcastle Live.